Medtronic Technologies impacted more than 72 million people in the last year, equating to two people every second. Harnessing the power of technology to take healthcare further, each technology has unique benefits designed to serve patients. The goal of this program is to get closer to the patient and delve into the challenges and impact of each technology in practice. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. The INVOS monitoring system should not be used as the sole basis for diagnosis or therapy and is intended only as an adjunct in patient assessment. Medtronic's medical education programs are offered to provide attendees education on the FDA-cleared indications and use of our products when applicable. The contents and conclusions of the following program are solely those of the speakers unless otherwise noted. The speakers are responsible for all content and any necessary permissions. The speakers received funding from Covidian LP, a Medtronic company, for this speaking engagement. For this segment of the series, a discussion on the value of NEARS and clinical practice in the NICU, what is the goal of NEARS monitoring? To help provide insight into these topics is Dr. Jonathan Mintzer, NICU Well Baby Nursery Medical Director at Mountainside Medical Center. The goal of NEARS monitoring is to support optimal end organ oxygenation and minimize hypoxic, hyperoxic, and or perfusion-related organ damage. As a proactive trend monitor, NEARS measures can potentially support clinical decision-making and additionally be used to investigate whether interventions or therapies are effective. NEARS monitoring requires knowing what normal values are for a given patient population and determining what type of change in values should trigger intervention. The baseline and stability of regional oxygen saturation values differ across different tissues. The brain is a high flow, high oxygen extraction tissue. Cerebral values are generally stable due to a robust redundant blood supply. In contrast, perirenal tissue is a variable flow and lower oxygen extraction tissue. The typical perirenal oxygen saturation can be 5 to 15% above the cerebral oxygenation value in a stable patient. These numbers may be different for preterm infants because of their immature organs and may additionally change over time as a preterm newborn matures. Finally, abdominal or splanchnic values demonstrate the greatest variability, most likely due to a combination of the factors listed on this slide. Knowledge of both acceptable regional NEARS values in addition to NEARS signal behavior is crucial in using this monitoring modality. As an immediate marker of perfusion and oxygenation adequacy, NEARS can potentially serve as a first alert for clinicians. NEARS measurements of regional tissue oxygen saturation can be an earlier and more sensitive warning of a tissue oxygenation change. These changes in NEARS measures often occur before other indirect clinical monitoring modalities and before signs and symptoms typically develop. Changes in regional oxygen saturation can indicate changes in oxygenation or perfusion minutes or hours earlier than other markers of shock, such as pulse oximetry, blood pressure, oliguria, or increases in creatinine. When combined with pulse oximetry, NEARS can be used to estimate fractional tissue oxygen extraction, or FTOE. 
This calculated value reflects the balance between perfusion and oxygen supply and oxygen utilization or extraction. Pulse oximetry measures the oxygenation of arterial blood, while NEARS measures the oxygenation of primarily post-capillary blood. With the formula shown here, these two real-time measures can be integrated to calculate FTOE, which can be reported continuously and trended in real-time. In low perfusion states, neuroprotective redistribution of blood flow occurs to shunt blood away from less vital organs. Thus, some tissues such as kidneys, gut, or muscle, which have a more limited blood supply than the brain, may demonstrate FTOE changes more readily than the brain when global oxygenation or perfusion disturbances occur. The critical oxygen delivery point is a theoretical concept. During normal metabolism, tissues typically extract oxygen at a stable rate. When mild oxygen deprivation occurs, such as in slowly progressive anemia, subtle increases in tissue oxygen extraction occur, which potentially could be detected using FTOE. However, when severe oxygen deprivation occurs past the theoretical critical O2 point, dramatic increases in oxygen extraction occur, which are often accompanied by clinical changes consistent with tissue metabolic failure, such as a sick appearance and other vital signs being affected, etc. In this theoretical model, continuous FTOE monitoring may help to capture these subtle increases in tissue oxygen extraction before the critical O2 point is reached and clinical sequelae occur, thus potentially allowing earlier interventions to prevent tissue injury. We will look at some examples of the application of continuous NEARS monitoring of cerebral and somatic tissues in the NICU. Simultaneous multi-organ monitoring may be an excellent approach when monitoring for changes in tissue oxygen extraction behavior. The hemodynamic impact of mechanical ventilation is observed in simultaneous continuous monitoring of perirenal and cerebral regional oxygen saturation. This premature infant was born at 28 weeks gestation and was admitted to the NICU with respiratory distress syndrome and presumed sepsis. In addition to standard clinical monitoring used in the NICU, regional oximetry was used to monitor the cerebral and perirenal tissue beds. The NEARS graph shown was obtained after the baby had received surfactant and was receiving respiratory support via high frequency oscillatory ventilation. In this graph, Cerebral RSO2 is demonstrated with a dark blue line, while perirenal regional oxygen saturation is shown as a light blue line. Oscillatory ventilation support was initiated with a mean airway pressure, or MAP, of 16 centimeters water. Initial cerebral and somatic regional oxygen saturation values were in the 80s and 60s, respectively. Ventilator support was increased from a map of 16 to 17 centimeters of water in response to a low PaO2 on an arterial blood gas. The patient was also given a second dose of surfactant. Perirenal regional oxygen saturation steadily declined over the first hour and a half to the 40s. The infant's mean arterial blood pressure was averaging approximately 25 millimeters mercury. Given these changes, dopamine was initiated to improve the arterial blood pressure. 
After a brief improvement in the perirenal RSO2 value, the values declined to the 30s over the following hour. Considering the potential for lung overinflation caused by an elevated MAP while on the oscillator and the impact this may have on hemodynamic function, the decision was made to decrease the MAP from 17 to 15 centimeters water. This decrease in mean airway pressure was accompanied by an immediate rise in perirenal regional oxygen saturation values to the 80s as shown in the light blue line towards the right side of the graph. This improvement in the perirenal RSO2 surpassed the original RSO2 baseline of 57. The mean arterial pressure remained steady, averaging around 25 millimeters mercury. An increase in dopamine was thus not necessary. In this case, the INVO cerebral somatic oximeter provided insight into local perfusion adequacy. Regional oxygen saturation monitoring enabled the team to assess and maintain hemodynamic stability of the patient. With this additional information, the team was able to better calibrate the degree of ventilator support and avoid additional vasopressor administration while maintaining adequate oxygenation and perfusion of cerebral and somatic tissue beds. Cerebral and intestinal regional oxygen saturation and fractional tissue oxygen extraction, or FTOE, were assessed over the first days after birth to see if there were differences in these values among premature infants who developed necrotizing enterocolitis, or NEC, versus those who did not. Shat and colleagues studied cerebral and intestinal tissue oxygenation and FTOE every two hours daily during the first five days after birth. For every infant that developed necrotizing enterocolitis, two controls were matched for comparison based on gestational age, birth weight, and presence or absence of a patent ductus arteriosus. The odds of neck were significantly higher when cerebral regional oxygen saturation values were below 70% in the first 48 hours after birth. The authors also found that intestinal FTOE was significantly higher in infants that developed neck. This difference was particularly observed during the last NEARS measurement before neck onset. The large intra-individual variability prevented this value from being useful for predicting necrotizing enterocolitis, but it supports the hypothesis that intestinal oxygenation or perfusion decreases prior to the onset of clinical neck. And the authors suggest that the utility of regional tissue oxygenation in the risk stratification and or diagnosis of neck deserves further investigation. In conclusion, NEARS monitoring has the potential to serve as an early indicator of changes in tissue oxygenation or perfusion. Changes in NEARS-derived tissue oxygenation often occur before other routine monitoring modalities indicate a problem may be present and before symptoms become apparent. Further studies are required to define normal values for different tissues and different patient populations and to identify what changes should trigger intervention in varied clinical scenarios. Please tune in next week for a new segment from this series wherever you find your podcast. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. Thank you for listening.